Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. I need to begin with some breaking news that just happened, and I'll give her the benefit of the doubt after railing on her. Uh, clearly damage control, though. Corinne Jean-Pierre just said this at the White House. Make something clear uh, at the top, because I understand how important uh, moral clarity is, especially at this time. So when Jews are targeted because of their beliefs or their identity, when Israel is singled out because of anti-Jewish hatred, that is anti-Semitism. Make something clear. Uh, good, good, good for her. Um, that is anti-Semitism. She's having to do this because yesterday she pivoted immediately away, as I have been pointing out, from talking about anti-Semitism to Islamophobia. Now, I want to talk about something entirely different. I, I got to tell you guys, I had to do my uh, employee sexual harassment training. Every, it's mandatory. Everybody's got to do it. It's basically the same sets of videos uh, every year. And I, I just, I want to say I appreciate so much how the legal compliance team uh, emphasizes that it's, we're not just doing it for legal compliance, but because it improves the nature of the organization. I just, uh, I, I appreciate them reiterating that over and over and even asking us a quiz question to make sure we understand it's not just because of legal CYA. <laughs> but so IT training as well. I, I had to do a mandatory IT training because I did not open an email, but for some reason they logged me as having opened an email that I didn't open. Uh, and I got flagged and my boss gets this note saying, I got to go through this training again, even though like I know the email in question. And I've just decided I deleted my my company account. People can forward me to my regular account if they got something because I didn't open the freaking email and still had to do the training. And, and now I just got another one on the same account and I'm sure I deleted it without opening it. And going to get flagged and sent to HR. I just, I'm, I'm deleting my, my company email and they can, they can forward to my private email because I'm not doing compliance training for stuff I know not to open yet. I'm getting accused of opening it. I'm aggravating, uh, just, just distrust in, in the whole corporate email ecosystem. I feel better having said that, but I'm sure I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I just all the stuff you got to keep up with these days, the viruses and and the spoofing and the spamming and the phishing. And and I, I got to be my, my parents ID department. And now I got to deal with all this stuff. Nope, not 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 going to do it. Um, I don't get anything necessary through there. Everybody knows to email my, my private account anyway. All right. Now that I got that off my chest. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Just got an email from Adrian. Corinne Jean-Pierre is dumb enough to run for the House and win if she runs as a Republican. Given the way the Republicans are working on the Speaker House, I, I, I can't really argue with that point. Uh, 
I want to talk about the presidential race. I don't know that anyone can stop Donald Trump and the Republican side. Uh, I wish they would. I'm not a fan for a lot of reasons, Um, but I really just think that the most compelling argument is that he would legitimately only have four more years. And I think we need someone who can have an uninterrupted eight-year term to fix all this stuff. Uh, Having an interim regime change halfway through with someone else, which is discombobulated, you need somebody who can be there for eight years. I also think he can beat Biden, but we will spend a whole lot more money trying to get him over the finish line, and that'll cost us the Senate and maybe the House, along with all the other issues that there are there. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a coach uh, from some Christian school who may or may not be listening today. I, I, I wrote a line yesterday about, and I clearly was too subtle for the guy, because he lo- wrote me this, this lecturing email about uh, not liking Trump, and, and I said, you know, next year someone at a Trump rally is going to do like a Hitler salute, do a Sig Hale, and we're going to be lectured by the media all year long on anti-Semitism on the right after they've completely um, just just lost it on the anti-Semitism of the left right now. They won't lecture the left, but one guy at a Trump rally raising his arm as if it's a Hitler salute, um, and and we'll get lectured. This guy was highly offended I would use that example. I used the example because it happened in 2016. Good gracious, I, I clearly was too subtle, but I just assume people remember in 2016 someone did that, and the media spent an inordinate amount of time lecturing the right on, on anti-Semitism. And yet all this stuff is happening on the left right now, and they won't lecture anybody on the left about it. But this coach from some Christian school got very upset with me using that example, thinking I was just hating Trump and Trump supporters, and uh, I guess did not remember that this was actually a thing that happened. I was clearly too subtle for him. But this gets me to the state of play right now. Donald Trump, if the polling is true, and it's funny, you only believe the polls when they tell you what you want to hear these days. I understand the way the game works. But Trump is is dominant. Even at the state level in Iowa, New Hampshire, he's running, ruling the roost. Now, there are lots of people who disagree and believe the polls aren't right. I, I kind of think the polls overstate the strength. There's a stand-by-my-man effect here. But on the other end of the polling, why is Doug Burgum still in the race? Why is Asa Hutchinson in the race? And I really don't like to say the next part because they're personal friends of mine. But why are Tim Scott and Mike Pence still in the race? And to a degree, Chris Christie. This is really a race right now, excluding Trump. This is a race between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley is the only Republican candidate other than Trump who's going up in the polls. Everyone else is going down. The USA Today Suffolk poll now has Nikki Haley at 12%. Ron DeSantis is at 13%. Trump is above 50%, so it doesn't matter. Ramaswamy had his bounce and is beginning to fade. At least he's still got some traction in Iowa. And, And if we look at the state level polling, Chris Christie gets to make a case to stay in the race because he's doing well in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley is doing well in New Hampshire and South Carolina. Ron DeSantis is doing well in Iowa. Ramaswamy doing well in Iowa. Mike Pence is not doing well. Tim Scott is not doing well. Doug Burgum is not doing well. Asa Hutchinson is not doing well. Tim Scott's super PAC is out of money and not running ads anymore. They're saying they'll hold their fire. 
Tim Scott's campaign is out of money. In fact, Tim Scott has one dubious poll that qualifies him for the Miami debate coming up in a couple of weeks, but doesn't have enough donor support to qualify for the debate yet. Mike Pence isn't doing well in any of the metrics to qualify for the debate right now. The former vice president of the United States is remarkable, but it's true. Doug Burgum has got the donors because he's paying people to give him money. You give him some money, he gives you some money. It's somewhat of a Ponzi scheme, but it's legal, it works, and it's got him on the donor threshold for the debate, but not the polling threshold for the debate. The only people right now qualified for the Miami debate are Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and now Chris Christie has qualified on both donor and polling support. Why are the others running still? One of the problems in 2016 was a massive array of candidates who could not consolidate the field. And those candidates were performing better than many of these candidates who refused to get out of the race. I just, I, I really think at this point, if you can't qualify for the debate in Miami, there's no reason to continue your campaign. God knows I like Tim Scott a lot. Tim Scott's a friend. I got a cell phone number. I text him. I, I have a, a good enough sense and grace and courtesy to not text him to get out. But I will just say on my own radio show, I, I'm starting to wonder how he can continue to stay in the race, live out of his car in Iowa, I guess. But you've got Ramaswamy, Haley, and, and DeSantis ahead of you in the field. If you pour all your heart in, you're still not going to beat Trump in Iowa. So what's the point, Tim Scott? Same with Mike Pence. I love the guy. I love his wife. Love the family. I, I love the guy. He prays for my family. I pray for him. He's a great guy. But what is the point at this point of staying in the race if you can't find some traction? And you can't even be a voice of moral clarity if you can't make it to the debate stage. So what's the point? Here's the reality. At this point, this is a race between Donald Trump and no one else. He will be the nominee unless something changes. There are a lot of things that can change. Events can change things. Listen, don't say events can't change things. Two weeks ago, Matt Gates ousted Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House in a fight very few saw coming, and then no one saw coming Hamas's attack on Israel, and it's fundamentally changed the landscape of domestic and foreign policy in this country and necessitates getting a Speaker of the House back in place. Events change things. Donald Trump's been indicted four times. Donald Trump in New Hampshire yesterday said that Republicans don't need to vote earlier absentee. We got enough voters to vote on election day. That's madness. Everybody knows it's madness. And he's doubled down on, on uh, telling people not to vote early. That's insane. I guess he will then claim it's stolen again if he loses. He's got four indictments. He says he's never been indicted. He's under four indictments. Only one of them is really serious. The one in Georgia has become serious because so many of his lawyers have taken deals and he never filed a motion to object to attorney-client privilege information being released. The case in New York, I think, is a stupid case that will never make it to trial. The case in, in Washington, D.C., that Jack Smith case, it may make it to trial because the judge is out to get him and the prosecutor's out to get him, but none of the courts of appeals judges are out to get him and we'll probably throw it out. It's a garbage case, I think. It's a very weak case. But the Georgia case, he's got trouble in. The classified documents case, he's got, he's got a very favorable judge for him, but it's a very tough case. Events change things. Events change things. 
Outside of Donald Trump, if we're honest, this is a race between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. And you know it's a race between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis because the DeSantis campaign is pouring inordinate amounts of resources into attacking Nikki Haley all of a sudden. By the way, mischaracterizing Nikki Haley's statements about taking people from uh, Gaza into the United States, flat out misrepresenting her. But it tells me they're going through such links to attack Nikki Haley that their internal polling shows that Nikki Haley is a competitive threat to Ron DeSantis. And by the way, she is. That Donald Trump has started attacking Nikki Haley as well suggests he's a little bit worried about her. Vivek Ramaswamy is not a threat to anyone. Vivek Ramaswamy is now engaging with Alex Jones. No serious candidate engages with Alex Jones. Vivek is solely there as a spoiler for Donald Trump. You know and I know he'll never be the nominee. And if he had a shot at taking on Trump, he would back out of the race and give it to Trump because he wants to be part of the Trump administration. He knows he's not going to be president of the United States. He's solely there to serve as a spoiler. And the only people that Ramaswamy takes votes from is Donald Trump. Frankly, if Ramaswamy gets out of the race, Trump's polling goes up even higher. Those voters don't go to anyone else. They're Trump people. But this is a race between Trump, Haley, and DeSantis. Outside of Trump, it's Haley and DeSantis. At this point, I really am beginning to struggle to understand the rationale of any of the other candidates in the race. The debates have not provided any sort of clarity. The debates have not provided any shaking out. But if they can't make it to the debate stage, these guys need to reassess their campaigns. Financially, donor-wise now, it really is beginning to... I'm just, I'm beginning to wonder why these people are staying. They don't have the money. They don't have the support. Running around Iowa is not going to get them ahead. DeSantis is almost to all 99 counties in Iowa. He's doing very well in Iowa. The DeSantis team team legitimately believes they have a shot in Iowa. And their theory is that if they show that Donald Trump isn't inevitable in Iowa, that makes DeSantis a contender in, in New Hampshire and other states. But he's got to fight Haley in South Carolina. Even Tim Scott's not a contender in South Carolina at this point. He's the senator. That's the problem for the Scott campaign. It's time for this race to consolidate. The bottom line is that this race is Donald Trump's to lose. He might. Events will play a role in whether or not he does. But among all the other candidates, Haley and DeSantis are the last two standing. The others just haven't figured out their campaigns are dead men walking. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let me play you some sound here. Uh, This is Governor Ron DeSantis. So, Eric, you do not have a right. A foreigner does not have a right to be here. They're here at the grace of the American people. If they're on a student visa, that is absolutely revocable uh, based on government policy. And so what I would say is if you're a foreign national on a student visa, if you're out demonstrating in favor of Hamas and terrorist attacks against uh, innocent people in Israel, uh, I would yank the visa. I would send you home. We only have so many spots at these universities as it is. Uh, I think that that we need to do more American students to begin with. Uh, nevertheless, we have every right to do it. And if you look at what's happened in Europe, you know they've imported a lot of people, and now it's really changed the underlying dynamics of those societies. You have massive pro-Hamas demonstrations, massive anti-Semitism all over. I don't want that here in the United States. So yes, we will be very forceful. We'll send people back. 
uh, because we just need to nip this in the bud. I, I've seen a lot of stuff people take to the streets, things I disagree. That's fine. But to support openly a terrorist organization well, like that, I well, think that's man, a new low for a lot of these let, universities. Let, yes. Now, one more. This is from Peter Ducey at Fox News. But the Intel arm of CBP has a new bulletin out, and the headline is pretty alarming. It says in bold letters right at the top, foreign fighters of Israel-Hamas conflict may be encountered at southwest border. The Daily Caller got a copy of this material. It was distributed three days ago, and it's about Hamas, Hezbollah, or Islamic Jihad fighters exploiting the porest border to get into the U.S. Part of the concern is that terrorists can see a ton of traffic down there. One... Uh, Rather, the new number is 2.48 million encounters in a fiscal year, and among them at least 172 people from the terror watch list. That is 172 who actually came face-to-face -face with law enforcement and didn't get away. 172 people on the terror watch list crossed the southern border, and Democrats don't understand why Republicans treat it as a national security issue. This should be a wake-up call for all of us. Uh, Democrats have said we're all conspiracy theorists for thinking there could be sleeper cells here. It is no conspiracy theory. Even Kevin McCarthy is raising the alert on this issue and saying it's a big deal. People inside the government and the FBI starting to treat seriously the idea that people from China and others could be coming across the border. It's crazy that we're not, um, we're not taking this seriously. 2,000 Chinese nationals were apprehended at the border, 172 people on the terror watch list apprehended at the border. Insane. Americans for Prosperity is calling for real border security and reform in this country. Among other things, they're fighting Bidenomics. They're fighting the regulatory state. They're fighting for free markets and free people. They want you on their side. All you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Sign up with them. They've got over 4 million activists around the country. They teach them how to go door to door how to talk to their neighbors about free markets and free people and why Bidenomics is bad and how we can fix the current system. They, they teach you how to go to your school board, advocate for school choice, to your city government, advocate for deregulation, to your state government, and advocate for freedom. They teach you how to be informed and the most knowledgeable person there. So when you go, they know you're going to be someone who has the facts and knows your stuff and is persuasive. They teach all that. They want you to be a better activist. All you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go sign up today. You'll be one of more than 4 million activists fighting for free markets, free people, freedom, and small government across the United States of America. Hi, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Let me give you a quote. This is the UN Secretary General saying that the Hamas terror attacks didn't happen, quote, in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. Going straight to the Hamas talking point, the Secretary General of the United Nations. Wow. All right, to the phones, 877-973-7425. Billy, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, thank you. I'm an avid listener. I normally listen on the podcast. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to listen live today, and I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Um, I, I was just, um, 
I wanted your perspective of how to reconcile such hugely uh, differing worldviews. You know, I, I think you come from a Christian worldview and see the world through lenses like I do, and there's just so much going on, everything from what my kid is reading in his high school literature class, um, and the administration sees nothing wrong with introducing white guilt, to what is Hamas did in Israel, and that that so many people can't see evil for evil. I like how how do you how do you have hope for um, for being able to reconcile and pull things back? I, does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. Um, I will tell you how I have hope, um, and, and you know we we treat hope to be wishful thinking. Um, a lot of people say, I, I hope I win the lottery in the same way I wish I win the lottery. Um, hope, or particularly for those of us who are Christians, uh, the word hope comes up a lot in the writings of Paul and in, in uh, Hebrews, uh, the hope of the resurrection in Hebrews. And what hope that, that word hope in the original Greek, as it was written, actually means is the profound certainty. Uh, the profound certainty of the resurrection. And I have, when I have hope in the resurrection, I am profoundly certain it happened. And I have read to the end of that book, and I know I'm on the winning team. So I have the profound certainty yeah. of being on the right side. Uh, that being said, uh, when you look at what's happening, people tend to get scared right now or worried, bothered, fretful by what's going on. It is no secret, I think, that academics in particular have embraced uh, postmodern Marxist theory when it comes to intersectionality and things like that. Their, their idea is to eradicate uh, truth and moral certainty and moral absolutes in favor of, of um, relativity. So you can't call something evil because there are no absolutes anymore. It, it has been a pattern over time among academics that's the chickens are coming home to roost now. In, in teaching, uh, there's no right, there's no wrong, there's no good, there's no evil. They're just shades of gray and everything. People are rewarded for that level of, of distinguishing. And, and of course, in, in most of life, there are shades of gray, but they take these things and twist them as so much of postmodernity does. And now they're teaching kids this level of moral relativity and this um, intersectionality, and, and everything is now viewed as an occupier uh, colonizer, colonized, occupier, and oppressed, oppressed and oppressor. And it, it is ruining kids' brains. Now, as to your specific concern, let, let me say this, Billy. Um, I, I do approach the world from, from a particular worldview. It is the worldview that is not in favor right now. Um, the things of the world hate the things of God. I can't tell you how often I get told to, to don't even bring my theology into it. Uh, because it turns people off. Um, but nonetheless, I got to tell you, this is how I see the world, that there is good and there is evil and there will be a last day and I'm on the winning team. Now, whether you believe that or not, let me just reiterate something that, that I said a couple of weeks ago. And, and yes, Billy, with your call, it's probably worth me saying it again and being somewhat repetitive here. You can't change the world. 
in literature and in public speaking, we like to lionize the one man who stood up to everyone. We, we all want to be Horatius at the gates. Who will stand on either hand and keep this gate with me or keep this bridge with me? The, the, the one man who changed the world. We, the, the, Hollywood loves to tell the story of the one man who changed the world. You can't. It's a literary fiction by and large. Some people can. George Washington changed the world. Winston Churchill changed the world. But most of us are not in the position of George Washington, nor are we in the position of Winston Churchill. We will never be Caesar Augustus nor President of the United States. That's where Jeremiah 29 comes in, my my most quoted section of Scripture. Seek the welfare of the city in which you live, for there you'll find your welfare. This is God to those in exile. And by the way, if you're a person of faith, particularly of, of Christianity, you uh, believe that you are in exile. That, that's There's a whole passage in Romans about this. This, this is actually, this is a, a, so Jeremiah, we, we actually, this is one of the, the historic aspects here is, is like, this was a real person, Jeremiah. We know he was a real person. We actually have documented his, his letters. We, we know uh, biographically he was a real person. We know what happened to him. Uh, and uh, we know he wrote this letter. In fact, this is the the prophet Daniel in the book of Daniel in the Bible is actually reading this um, when he is in exile in Babylon. And this this is what the prophet Jeremiah wrote, and he says this is from God himself. This is a message from God himself. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. That's from God. So now let, let's apply it to your life. You can't control the world. The, the, the language here is seek the peace and prosperity of the city in which you're in exile. This is the NIV version. I actually kind of prefer the, the ESV version uh, of Scripture. This is just the one that came up first. But in the ESV, for example, it says uh, seek the welfare of the city in which you live, and there you will find your welfare. Seek the welfare of the city in which you have been sent into exile and pray on its behalf, for in its welfare you'll find your welfare. You can't control the world. You can't control Washington, D.C. You can't even control your state capital unless you live there, but you can control your aspects of your life. You can choose to raise your children in a public school or a private school or a homeschool if you're in a public school, and you can make the choice to homeschool your kids. It might be for the best these days. Getting your kids out of government schools is probably one of the smartest things you can do as a parent. It's also one of the hardest things you can do. No one said it was going to be easy. Sometimes you have to sacrifice and get your kid out of the public school. And then work in your hometown. I, I there is a there's an activist in Georgia, a political activist on the right, no less. And I heard this person give a speech one time, and this person said, "As the Bible teaches us, we are not our brother's keeper." <laughs> yes, that was a direct quote of this activist. As the Bible teaches us, we are not our brother's keeper. Actually, the Bible teaches us we are our brother's keeper. It was Cain who said we're not. Cain who committed the first murder in history. 
There's a homeless man somewhere, Billy, that you drive past, that you see regularly who's homeless. I'm not telling you to go give that person money. You probably wouldn't be enabling bad habits if you did, but maybe I, the odds are, frankly, in this, this day and age, it's a veteran who's homeless, who's fallen on hard times, who you might want to involve yourself in their mess or not, but uh, they're your neighbor and you're supposed to love your neighbor. You are your brother's keeper. There's probably a local food bank or soup kitchen that could use some help at this time of year. There definitely is. All of you listening, you can improve someone's life by helping your local food pantry by helping the battered women's shelter, by, by helping the homeless shelter. There's some way for you to live to seek the welfare of your local community. If you improve your local community, you're never going to improve Washington, but if you improve your local community, someone listening to me in, in Kalispell, Montana, decides I, I'm going to improve my local community, and they improve their local community. If somebody listening to me down in Orlando does the same thing, or in our, our newest affiliate in Gainesville, uh, Gainesville, Florida, WSKY, Sky, Decides to do the same thing there. Each of you improve your local community. Well, then eventually you are going to improve Washington because you're going to be sending a higher caliber person to Washington, D.C. by improving your local community, by improving your kids' education, by helping the lives of others around you. You improve your community, then you improve your state. You improve your state, you then improve your country. You improve your country, you then improve the world. It's these small things, and what God says to the exiles in in in, Jeru- in, in Babylon is, is be fruitful and multiply. Same thing he told Adam and Eve. Same thing he told Noah is, is you shouldn't stop having kids. The end of the world may be coming tomorrow, but have kids. Overwhelm the population of the world with a population of believers. Overwhelm the population of the world with people who share your worldview. Breed them out of existence, so to speak, uh, to put it crassly and blunt, bluntly. The world is at a point where you have a lot of people on the left who say, we can't have kids, we're destroying the planet. Well, you Christians, you go have kids. Have lots of sex and lots of kids. Part of being a Christian, be married first. Do, do be married first. Get married first. But grow, populate, spread through the world, share your values, improve the world around you. Uh, help help with the local battered women's shelter, help with the local soup kitchen, help with the local food pantry, help with the local homeless shelter, help with the local local soup kitchen, anything you can. Uh, get your kids out of public school if you can. Help volunteer with the local homeschool uh, cooperative, uh, teaching classes, showing you, sharing your expertise. Get your kid in a classical Christian school if you can. Um, work harder, longer hours to make the money to sacrifice for your kids. They'll appreciate it later. Uh, raise kids in your values, get your kids to church. All, all those sorts of things matter. Some some are for you, some aren't. Look, I understand there are some people fundamentally, they, they, they have to have their kids in public schools. Well, if you're in public school, be active, be seen, show up, be engaged with the teachers. Go to the Board of Education meetings and complain. I've got a buddy of mine in, in Metro Atlanta. He had to show up at his local school board. His kids are in public school out of necessity. And he had to show up at his local public school system with books from the elementary school library that were age inappropriate. Uh, he, he was 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 condemned by some progressive activists, but he was able to get his local school board to realize, yeah, these books really are too explicit for elementary school. If the end of the world is coming, you cannot stop it. You can't stop the end of the world. And the end of the world is coming. I don't know when it's going to be, but the end of the world is coming. There will be a date when time stops. A Christian may say it's probably going to be the next hundred years, if not sooner. An atheist may say it's going to be the next billion years. We'll all be dead. 
But there is an end of the world coming. There is an end of time coming. You can't stop it. So the question is, what do you do to improve the here and now? And you can grapple with Washington, D.C. and be involved politically. You can get involved with a group like Americans for Prosperity. I encourage you to do so. But where you're going to really improve the world, where you're going to show the most change, where you're going to improve the lives of people most is right in your own backyard. If you're a church and you're sending kids abroad for missionary trips, consider sending them somewhere closer in your community. Consider partnering with the soup kitchen or the food pantry, the battered women's shelter, the homeless shelter. Get your kids in your church to see poverty up close in your own backyard and get them to commit to improve it. You know, it's the it's the prosperity gospel and it, it's the uh, progressive Christian churches that often do that. It's the good old evangelical conservative churches that send their kids abroad to somewhere in Haiti to build houses and they forget about the homeless guy down the street. They leave it to the liberal churches to do that. You, the Christian churches in your community, the Orthodox churches, you should be the ones getting your hands dirty in your local community. Let them see God's love through you. Improve the world around you, people. If you're worried about what's coming, control what you can control, and that's what's closest to you, your family and your community. And if you do that, and everybody else does that, and not everyone will, but if others try, you're definitely going to leave the world better off. You're not going to stop the bad things out of your control from coming, but you might be able to mitigate them where you are. Recently, 10 regional banks had their credit downgraded. They're going to keep making profits. They may get a bailout. They may get bought by the banks that are too big to fail. My friends at Swiss America have been sounding the alarm about the secret war on cash, an all-out assault on our freedoms. With soaring interest rates squeezing the economy, banks are teetering on collapse. Swiss America can educate you. They can teach you about the secret war on cash where banks and government and even some companies, they don't want you to even use money anymore. They want you to use plastic. They want you to use credit cards. They want you to go in debt. Don't let them do that to you. Swiss America can teach you how to protect your hard-earned assets right now. Go read their report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free. All you have to do is call or text and mention my name, Eric Erickson. 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading all over the place. Go read The Secret War on Cash. It's free to you guys. Just mention Eric Erickson. You call or text 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or call them 800-289-2646, mention Eric Erickson, message and data rates do apply. I I hope some of you who know Philip bothered him and told him I said happy birthday on the radio because I wasn't going to bother him. I figured I could let y'all just send him a wave of text messages. <laughs> he will be mad, but that's okay. It's his birthday. Um, I, I, I want to mention something again to you because it was somewhat rushed. Um, I, I, I use my online stream to talk about a nonprofit. You want to talk about improving the world. There's a group called Help the Persecuted. Uh, my buddy Josh Youssef, um, we were in seminary together and got to be friends. He runs this operation around the world. And what they do is, particularly in Islamic countries, although not just, uh, but they help uh, persecuted Christians. And they help get people out of Afghanistan. They've helped rescue a, a, a actual descendant of the Prophet Muhammad, whose family was and the government of Iraq were seeking to kill him because he converted to Christianity. One of the wild things is how many people in the Islamic community convert based on dreams. It really is profound and kind of creepy, honestly, how many of them have dreams of Jesus and convert. And he was telling me about this lady. She and her husband are in Syria. She began to have dreams 
about Jesus and ascending a staircase into heaven after she started going just because the family needed help and there was a local Christian church that was willing to help them. And she wound up converting, got beaten by her husband. He then ultimately converted. And now he has lost her job. She's making $300 a month in Lebanon as a Christian. He has lost his job because he converted to Christianity. These are the sorts of people that help the persecuted uh, helps. And if you would like to partner with them to rescue, restore, and rebuild persecuted Christians around the world, let me encourage you to text the word DONATE to 33777. I'll send you back a link. I, I'm the only person who has a, a personal URL. It's htporg Eric. If you text um, DONATE to 33777, I'll send you this back. Particularly at this time, given what's going on in the Middle East, they um, they they really do a phenomenal job uh, of of helping people who are being persecuted, particularly now there's such a growth. I, I talk about in this country, uh, 51% of hate crimes are targeting Jews in this country. Globally, Christians are actually the most persecuted group on planet Earth right now. Uh, it's the fastest growing religion in China and the fastest growing religion in Iran, which has brought just relentless persecution to the Christian community around the world as a result. If you want to help uh, help the persecuted, Text donate to three three seven seven seven. Glad to be back with you guys today. Thanks so many. Uh, so many of you sent kind notes. Hoping I was okay. I'm glad to be back uh, on antibiotics a few more days. But I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe we'll have a speaker. But it's not looking good for Tom Emmers this afternoon. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.